Welcome to the Chris Wallace Chronicles. All right, you don't know who that is. Okay. He lives in Australia now, but he lived in Hollywood before Australia and New York before Hollywood. You know, the actor, the songwriter. He was at ringside for the first Ali Frazier fight, Liza Minnelli's date one night. He used to smoke weed with Morgan Freeman. Likes to tell stories like this one. Okay, first I have to give you a little background before I get stuck into this story. I have been a regular blood donor from the time I was in my 20s until they wouldn't take it anymore because of my age. The second time I gave blood, I jumped up from the cot and went straight for the juice and cookies. I did this because after the first time I gave blood, I thought I was Superman. I'm not, and I wasn't, because the second time I passed out. But I learned an important lesson, what it feels like when you're about to pass out. Much later, when I was living in Hollywood, I went to a party out in the valley with a date. A friend of hers suggested we go out to his car for a puff. After we'd had our puff and were about to go back into the party, the guy gave us an oh by the way. I have learned by experience that oh by the ways can be dangerous. I'd rather have the info up front instead of in an oh by the way. Regardless, he said, oh, by the way, this stuff is really strong, and then went into a scientific chemical dissertation about this particular strain of weed. Back at the party, I was standing up talking to someone when I realized I was losing blood from my brain and started to feel woozy. There was a sofa nearby, which is unoccupied, so I flopped down onto it. I was trying to get my head lower than my heart because I knew that otherwise, if I didn't, I'd pass out. There were other people in this room, and I didn't want to appear rude, so I couldn't just lie down on the sofa the way I wanted to. Instead, I slouched down as low as I could. This helped a little, but still I needed to get my head lower. There was a sunken living room about 15 feet away that was filled with couches and empty of people. I thought if I can just make it to that room, I could get prone and keep from embarrassing myself. I steeled to the task, screwed up my courage and resolve, and got up. I took about three steps when another friend said something to me. That stopped my momentum just long enough to ruin my plan. The next thing I knew, I was looking up at a circle of faces that were looking down at me. I don't know how long I was out, but I heard someone say something about blood. Blood? What about blood? I asked. On your forehead, someone answered. From the floor, I began directing my own first aid. I told him to get me a cold, wet cloth and bring it to me. Someone did, and I put it on my forehead. The blood was minimal, so really it was just no harm, no foul, just a scratch. Okay, that's the background. Now to the story. I was coming back to Australia after a three- or four-week visit to the U.S., the last few days of which I spent with a buddy at Venice Beach. I had gone to a weed store where I bought a peanut butter cookie so I could relax on the journey back to Oz. It was my favorite way to fly. So I get to LAX in plenty of time, check in, drop off my luggage, and start for the departure gate. I'm thinking about the cookie. When should I eat it? I still have plenty of time before the flight, so I decide to have a bite now and save the rest. It's a big cookie about three inches in diameter and about a half an inch thick. I take a big bite, then I'm thinking, what am I going to do with the rest? I don't want to carry it with me and take a chance on getting caught with it, so I do the only logical thing. Well, it seemed logical at the time. I ate the rest of it. 
all of it. It was still at least an hour before the flight, so I was practically alone when I got to the departure lounge. I found a spot, pulled out my laptop, and started playing solitaire. I was really focused on my laptop when, after some time passed, I started to come onto the cookie. But instead of reaching a plateau, it kept coming on. I wondered how much time had passed when I finally shut the laptop and looked around. The place had filled up. There was a woman sitting next to me, and we started chatting. She was coming back to Melbourne, too. After a bit, I realized that the cookie hadn't reached its zenith yet, and I was getting higher and higher. Then I realized that I'd reached that point. I started to feel lightheaded. I said, you'll have to excuse me, but I've got to get my head below my heart. She said, put your head down between your knees. Nobody's going to care. So I did. But that wasn't really solving the problem. So again, I said, I've got to get my head below my heart. She said, why don't you lie down on the floor and put your feet up on the chair? I thought that was a great idea, and down I went. Now that my head was correctly positioned, the woman and I continued our conversation. But even in that position, I could feel the cookie's increasing intensity. I was in orbit. I had no plans to get up when it got near time to start boarding. The woman had gone somewhere and came back with another passenger, a younger woman who was a paramedic. She asked, are you all right, sir? She was young enough that I decided to fess up. I ate a weed cookie a while ago, and I have never been this high in my life. I'm afraid to move. She smiled at me and said not to worry. She'd look after me. Then they started boarding. My paramedic friend asked me if I felt like I could get up and make it to the plane. I took a quick inventory and answered with a confident, I'm not sure. She went to get an official airline person. The airline lady asked me, are you all right, sir? I looked at the paramedic and said, tell her. So now the airline was in on it. I thought I should try to sit up and see how I felt. I sat up, still on the floor, and stayed there for all of four seconds. Then back down I went. I don't think I should try. The airline lady said she'd be back in a minute. When she came back, she said she didn't think it would be a good idea for me to get on the plane and then have to turn around and come back to LAX. I totally agreed with that. Can you imagine what the other passengers would think if some asshole made the plane turn around because he was high on a peanut butter cookie? Then she said there was another flight a little later that she'd put me on and I could stay where I was, which was on the floor of the now empty departure area. So here's this guy, me, stretched out on the floor with his head resting on a leather bag and a laptop on his chest. I don't know how long it was until the next flight, but in the meantime, I'd like to have a dollar for everyone who stopped by and had a look, whether they said anything or not. I must have been quite a curiosity. Occasionally, someone would ask if I was okay, and I'd always smile up at them and say I was fine, just resting on the floor. One woman from another airline came by and started telling me that I'd have to leave. She wasn't very nice about it either. I wasn't in the mood. I told her that my airline knew that I was there and to leave me alone. Now it was coming time to board the second plane. My airline lady came back and asked how I felt. I was, let's say, not terribly confident, but I gave it a go. I got up on the chair and sat for a moment and tried to imagine getting all the way to the plane and sitting down, with my head higher than my heart. I went back down to the floor. Nope, wasn't worth a chance. She couldn't have been more helpful. She said I could stay there and she'd rebook me for a flight the next day. So that plane took off, without me. 
After a little while, she came back and told me that they were closing for the night and asked if I had somewhere to stay. I called my buddy, and he said he'd leave a key under the mat. Then the task at hand was getting to a taxi stand. Again, my airline lady came to the rescue. She called for a wheelchair. I managed to get up into it and by now felt pretty under control but shaky. While the guy was wheeling me through the terminal, I asked him if he had any idea why he was doing this. He said no, so I told him the story and he almost crashed the wheelchair he was laughing so hard. He even asked if it was all right if he could tell his friends about it and I said sure. Then we got to the taxi stand and got me loaded into a cab. The driver was Jamaican. I told him the story, and we got another big laugh on the way to Venice. I told him I'd give him a $20 tip if he'd walk me to the door and see that I made it inside. He laughed and said he had me covered. I made it to a large sofa in my buddy's living room and crashed onto it. I kept dreaming I was still on the floor at the airport until I finally woke up relatively sober the next morning. Later that day, I boarded a flight to Melbourne like nothing happened. The airline didn't charge me anything extra, and no one said a word. But I know there are a lot of people who got a good story out of that one, including me. I'm Chris Wallace.